Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Sunday, January 17th, and this week uh, in the episode, we are kicking off the Getting Willy With It collaborative series. So I was a guest on my good friends, the hosts of What's in the Box Office podcast, Brian and Noah, And the three of us are doing a collaborative series where we are looking at Will Smith's career, watching all of his movies, ranking his performances, giving out awards, things like that. So in today's episode um, is the first part of that. We're looking at uh, Will Smith's career from 1995 through 1999. So that is the episode for this week. Um, The song of the week and the press place segments, all the hip hop and R&B news since the last episode will be featured in the podcast newsletter. Go on thinking outside the boombox.com to get that. But yeah, without any further ado, part one of getting Willie with it. Hey man, what is this having a picnic shit in my car, man? Thus begins one of the most extraordinary careers in theatrical blockbuster history. Little did audiences know in 1995 that with those first words uttered by Will Smith and Bad Boys, they were watching a man who would take them on adventures for the next 25 years. Adventures that would take them to the future, the past, under the sea, outer space, all the way back to where it started, Miami. And... Those 13 inaugural words also begins a new collaborative series. We're reliving the millennium on this, the 135th episode of What's in the Box Office. Join us as we spend the next several weeks getting willy with it. Cue theme music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's in the Box Office. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah. Well, this is very exciting, Noah. I'm uh, as excited as I've ever been, frankly. For anything. Yeah, yeah, I've peaked. 
Wow. In terms of excitement. Well, okay. Let's make, uh, that's a lot of pressure on us, but okay. Uh, we're, you know, generally at this time, what is it, today's the 17th or something? We'd be uh, uh, discussing uh, the, the new bigger films that are starting to come out throughout the year and the holdovers from the holiday season, as well as Oscar expansions would be happening. But no, none of that is happening because we are still in the midst of a pandemic. And so we haven't been reporting on box office numbers in in full in a very long time. We've had to keep ourselves entertained. We did the stay-at-home movies where we watched a, a movie each week and talked about it. We did another tournament, Multiplex Madness 2000, where we determined the Crouching Tiger Hidden Track hidden dragon hidden dragon was the greatest blockbuster of the 2000s and then we did season screenings a holiday themed one we're, we're running out of ideas but luckily we have a friend of ours who came up with a big one while we were discussing his performance in i am legend um we received a text saying wouldn't it be fun if even just for fun we watched through will smith's movies and then ranked them because no and i were discussing is that his best performance and then I thought, yeah, let's make, we have nothing else to do. Let's make that a series. We brought him along, our co-host for this series, a co-host of Pockets of His Own from Thinking Outside the Boombox, Ahmad Oates. Hello, Ahmad. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? It's Very going, well. It's going good. Noah's ecstatic. <laughs> I heard. I'm over the moon. And Noah's, Noah's real happy. Um, this is, are you excited, Ahmad? This is exciting. I'm very excited. Yeah. Um. A lot of the movies in Wilson's catalog I hadn't seen in a while, so this was a, a great way for me to revisit a bunch of his movies that I hadn't seen in some years but still love, so I'm really excited to, to yeah. talk about all his movies. There are some movies in here that I, I haven't seen. Um, so I, this is going to be the part of me becoming a Will Smith completionist. Um, so what are we doing exactly, Noah? What's, 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 what's happening here? Uh, well, we are uh, watching through Will Smith's entire filmography. We've broken it down into four or five movie chunks. Uh, we're going to be talking through all of his movies. We've got, uh, of course, uh, Ahmad on board to be covering the music side. Uh, Will Smith, obviously, a prolific music career as well. Uh, we're chronicling which movies are the best, which performance is the best. We've got a few fun awards to hand out later as well as uh, a whole host of Will Smith-themed Oscars, the That's Willies. Right. The Willies. So throughout the uh, podcast, we're each going to be keeping a list of potential nominees, and then they're going to send that to me. And on our sixth episode, uh, at the end, when we finish all of his films, I will be announcing the nominees of the Willies. And then on our seventh and final episode, we will be discussing the winners, uh, as well as just wrapping up the series as a whole. Um, and then throughout that, we're also just going to be giving out weird awards based on uh, famous quotes uh, from his career, um, which will go over uh, the How Come He Don't Want Me Award, I Make This Look Good Award, Don't Ever Do That Again Award, and Welcome to Earth Award. Uh, all this and more, we'll be keeping a running tally of our favorite performances, discussing the films, and a tally of our favorite films. We are breaking this up in chunks this week, or this episode, uh, we are going to be going through 1995 to 1999, which includes the beginning, and some might say the peak of his power. Bad Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, Enemy of the State, and Wild Wild West. Uh, before we can get into the movies, though, as Noah's mentioned, he, he had a very prolific uh, career on television as the Fresh Prince, but 
but also as just the Fresh Prince before he went to Bel Air when he was just recording wherever that was taking place. So uh, Ahmad does a terrific music podcast, so we're going to throw it over to him for Big Willie Style. What do you got? Absolutely. So um, to jump right into where Will Smith was at the um, at this point in his career, he was taking a short break from his rap career to focus on acting because before he starred in his first movie, uh, he was in a group with DJ Jazzy Jeff, and they were called um, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Um, Jazzy Jeff was also the person who played jazz on the Fresh Prince. So I, I would imagine that, you know, them being in a group, uh, jazz called in a favor or Will was just like, Hey, you want to be on this show that I'm <laughs> starring in? You don't think it was, uh, he got in on his acting chops? I think he auditioned. Yeah. He, <laughs> he went into a casting call. They were looking for a Jazzy Jeff type and he was like, well, okay. <laughs> he was like, a matter of fact, I have this friend. Um, can he deliver lines? No. <laughs> Perfect. But he can so, deliver rhymes. Anyway, that's what they said. I always, I, I just a brief little thing. I used to watch Fresh Prince a lot as a child. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't really have any relationship to Will Smith as a musician. Like, I guess, I guess I knew that he was one, but I certainly didn't know who DJ Jazzy Jeff was. Mm. And so I always thought, why is the guy that plays jazz so terrible? How did he get on? <laughs> was this he show? bad on the show? I, I, don't, I, I can picture yeah. him on the show, but I can't like I didn't have an impression of him. Like, yeah, he wasn't great. <laughs> okay, well there you go. It's always very bewildering to me as a young child, and now I get it. <laughs> so they um they formed their group in 1986. Um, and their their niche was kind of the fact that Will was rapping all of these radio friendly, swear free rhymes, um, a lot of storytelling in his rhyme. Like he was able to paint vivid pictures um, with all of his rapping. And Jazz or Jeff, I guess his real name, um, was a really impressive DJ, able to tastefully sample a lot of classic and unique songs. Um, and they they were very popular. Um, they sold a lot of records. Um, but in the hip hop community, people didn't respect them at all. Um, their clean image and the fact that they got so successful off of, you know, what a lot of the artists were calling soft music, um, made them, you know, not very popular with a lot of the, the gangsta rappers who were prominent at the time. Um, but I don't think that those opinions were really reflective of their abilities because I think they were actually a, a really good group. Um, and as far as success, from 1987 to 1993, they released five albums. Collectively, those albums have sold over five million units, so about a platinum album each each time on average. Um, they were nominated for the very first ever Grammy for Best Rap Performance, and they would be nominated every year for the next four years. They won the first award in 89 for Parents Just Don't Understand, um and then they won it in 1992 for summertime so that's kind of you know where will smith was before you know he started in the movies he had already won two grammys he had been nominated for i want to say four um so he was pretty successful in the rap before he even stepped foot uh, in front of a camera what was your favorite song mine no, no, do you remember? I play it a lot, so no one might know, but mine is uh, Summertime. I love, I think it's a perfect encapsulation 
of what that, they're talking about of the, of the clearness of the lyrics and the painting a picture and it's just such a fun song what about you Amar? what's your favorite of, of, of their collaborations i would agree um summertime is definitely probably my favorite it's it's so classic it's timeless really you can play is, that yeah. song right now and it, it's still like it's just as important um but there was another one that i actually just heard for the first time uh maybe yesterday or day before yesterday it was called i think i can beat mike tyson or something like that sure um and it's really like the way that uh will smith is rapping is almost just like the fresh prince of bel-air theme song like that was clearly just the style of rap that he was doing at the time and the entire song is just him talking about like hey i called up a promoter and i was like i think i could beat mike tyson and he just tells a story about how he got a fight with mike tyson and then like ran away once the fight actually started yeah <laughs> it's pretty funny it is good it's almost uh you know it it's one of those things where like it paved the way their music paved the way for more critically successful or just respected uh groups doing similar types of music you know it um, I think I could be Mike Tyson. What you know, it, it led to the, the the success and the behemoth that we all know, the classic. Uh, that that's how I beat Shaq by Aaron Carter. So exactly one just leads up. directly to the other, um, and and that's how influential they were. All right, so he stopped making music for a while. Um, that leads us into Bad Boys, released April seventh, nineteen ninety five, directed by Michael Bay. Uh, starring Martin Lawrence, Will Smith, Tay Leone, uh, Techki, Kyo- you know what? When I wrote this down, I'm like, oh, you'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> Cario, uh, Teresa Randall, and Joe Pantliano, a 42 on Rotten Tomatoes, a 41 on Metacritic. It opened at number one, his first number one debut, with uh, $15 million. It went on to grow 65 in uh, North America and 141 worldwide. It was his first starring vehicle as well as Michael Bay's first feature film. Uh, Martin Lawrence was top build. Obviously he was, he was a very successful standup at the time, but he, he hadn't tr- uh, transitioned successfully to starring vehicles. This was a huge platform for him, but he had uh, various successful, you know, successful for what they were stand-up specials that were released in theaters. Um, his sitcom Martin was in the middle of its fifth, uh, was in the middle of its five season run. Like it was toward the end of the third season. And uh, Will Smith was in five of six seasons of Fresh Prince. Um, before we get started, what what are our personal histories with Bad Boys? I'm guessing we did not see them in theaters when we were four. Um, but uh, do, the, do you remember the first time you saw it or just how many times have you seen it? What, what was that like, Ahmad? Uh, what's, your, what's your relationship with the first Bad Boys film? Um, yeah, I definitely don't remember, uh, the first time I saw it, but I do remember that this movie was just very, very popular amongst like all the people that I know. Um, Mm -hmm. mainly because I I feel like I remember getting into the first one once the second one was coming out because there was a lot of hype about it because everybody had really liked, um, the first one. And so I, then I think... I don't, somebody must have had like a VHS maybe at the time. I don't know. Maybe it was a DVD of the first one. Um, and I watched it and it's a, it's a great movie. And I want to add to to what you said earlier. Martin Lawrence was also the host of Deaf Comedy Jam at the time. Right. Sure. So yeah. um, even more adding to like sure. how, how much people like really liked his comedian personality. 
Um, but yeah, I've always liked this movie. Um, it's always a good rewatch. Um, I think it holds up really well. So yeah. Noah, what about you? Uh, any thoughts? I mean, you. I think you're you're probably the latest of all of us for the for the first Bad Boys. But what about you? Yeah, I've uh, I've never been as big of a Bad Boys guy as I know the two of you you are. Uh, I know you watched uh, you watched both of the movies and lead up to Bad Boys for Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I I feel like when we get there, I'm gonna have more familiarity with Bad Boys too. But this movie was uh, like, I know I've seen it before, but I was basically coming to it fresh for this go around. I'm, I'm in the same boat as a mod. I didn't, I, I honestly not sure if I saw this before I saw two, I think it's possible that I saw two uh, in theaters with uh, just like a friend who was old enough to do that. And, um, and just going off of hype, and obviously I'll talk about this more when we talk about two. But uh, but then I, I most likely sought it out. If if I saw this before, it was at a, you know like a friend's house or something. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I feel like I saw this after I saw the second one. Um, you know, I it's tough because I th- I think the other two are better. Uh, they're both really good, and it, it has this weird. Um, plot device where we introduce these characters and then they do like a sitcom flip where they have to pretend to be each other, which is a weird thing to do in a movie 45 minutes into like not seeing 45 minutes after introducing these characters and their personalities to be like, wouldn't it be funny if we saw them flipped? I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I know these guys enough to find that funny, but they're both such charismatic actors and clearly like relishing the chance to be in a big movie. Um, that they're a lot of fun to watch. So the movie's successful on that part. I think Tay Leone's pretty good in it as well. The villain is nothing. He does nothing for me. Uh, like the ending shootout in the the airplane hangar is is really just a kind of a boring set piece. It's the the the, the chase scene that precedes it is much more interesting. Them walking into the lobby and realizing what's going on in the chase into the street. That's much more interesting. Um, but them bouncing off each other, and I think a lot of the dialogue was improvised because Michael Bay didn't really like the script. Um, it's really a credit to those two. The movie works as as well as it does, but it's not it's not as good as certainly as the other ones. Maybe because they're playing it a little too straight, as opposed to the next two, which are going for pure camp. The third one was just a good movie, but um, but yeah, I don't know. No, what. Uh, what what do you think about this watching of bad boys? I, I think you're right, except my takes are a little harsher than that. I don't think this movie's good. And I think that's, I think it's like more than just being like a sitcom trope of suddenly they have to like switch roles. This movie's written like it's a sequel. Yeah, like exactly. This could have been the plot to bad boys too. It, it, when it is, like, we know yes. who Marcus and Mike are and so now we have to watch Marcus act like Mike. And isn't that funny? It's it's like so it, weird that they, they, they choose that for like the second act of this movie to be like, like, yeah. like you, you all know these characters so well, let's flip them. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, know it, ha- it happened so early on yeah. too, that yeah. it's just like, I don't, what are we, what are we doing here? Why isn't Will Smith in this movie? Where does he go for 20 minutes? <laughs> He just like goes and does police work on his own that we don't get to see. Well, he's very they sad to later. He's like, Oh, I'm in pain from last night. Yeah. He's like, very, he's very sad. Remember he said that, uh, the, the woman dies. 
yeah um very violently and then he goes and mourns for a while <laughs> comes back and is thrown into a comedic situation where he has yeah. to pretend to be a it, family man it's super weird i agree that the like the final set piece isn't memorable i don't think the movie has very many memorable set pieces uh i i really a... like that foot chase and the way that that built and the way michael bay shoots that is that where uh, where Will Smith's running with his shirt open? Or, of course, yeah, yeah. yes. Which yeah, framed yeah, most that's... of my play. In, like, I don't know if it was things again. I didn't see this when I was a kid, but that mo. I wore a lot of my button-up shirts without a shirt underneath at home because of how cool it looks. And I feel like it might have stemmed from the trailers for this movie. But I, when I was doing, when I was playing as a child with like fake guns and stuff, this was that was very much how I <laughs> wanted to run in a movie yeah, down the street. That I. I agree is by far the most successful, like interesting visual image. Yeah. I also thought Taya Leone's role in it was weird. Like, I think she was good, mm-hmm. but it was, it was like they were trying to play off of like a romantic chemistry between her and Martin Lawrence. Well, I, that but, we, but that we then, knew was never going to pay off. But then it was like her and Will Smith. There was because, because she was being, she seemed to be when she was, you know, still falling for the bit. She seemed to be attracted to, martin lawrence's persona like like what she had heard about him um and then just when will smith showed up and he did sing heroic she was like oh wow he's actually really good at this (laughs) i mean he's fine um i do like that she outsmarts she figures it out before like a big mix-up like she knew before uh was martin lawrence's wife named Teresa? because that's that's the actress's name but i I have an image of him saying Teresa. yeah that sounds right Okay, that's also her name. That's why I was confused. Um, but when she shows up, it just confirms Taylioni's suspicions. Like she's not, they're not that good. I also love that John Sally's in this. As a fan of like the as as a as a peripheral fan of '90s basketball, in the sense that like <laughs> I was around when it was happening, I don't remember much. I do remember John Sally, and that was a lot of fun with his big glasses. Um, Ma, what do you think about the like the set pieces? What what stands out to you as far as the action in this? Yeah, so I agree with a lot of what both of y'all said. Um, the villains and the bad guys in general were not super exciting. Um, I did, I did really like Taya Leone, but like the the crux of this movie was the relationship between uh, Marcus and uh, what was his name? What was his character's name? Marcus, Mike, and, uh, Marcus and Mike. Mike, yeah. Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. <laughs> Mike Lowry. <laughs> um, yeah, their their relationship and the the way they played off of each other like it kind of they kind of set it up so that like martin was like the comic relief even though they were both kind of doing comedy will smith's character's comedy was a little bit more like just like straight laced and confident while as martin was kind of like all comedy um but i like that they let martin get you know a lot of action in because you know from from his character on his tv show it was a lot of like slapstick comedy and i think he got to kind of remove himself from that particular type of comedy a little bit and like just be funny and like do some action stuff rather than just like that slapstick yeah. thing that he was known for. He seemed very credible in the role as, as a cop who could handle a gun and who could yeah. run around and defeat bad guys. Um, and I, it's, it, it's such a break for Will Smith too, because it's such a mature role immediately from Fresh Prince. Yeah. And like, he's, he's still he, doing he's, Fresh Prince. He's still, yeah, he, mm-hmm. right, right. He, he is. He's in the, like, I was thinking about him and watching it. Like, can you imagine like the cast of like Fresh Prince at the premiere watching this? And then him just going back to work and being like, uncle Phil, 
And it's yeah. like, no, you said motherfucker like 15 times that movie and like ran very dramatically with a gun and, and shoots you, 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 you have a yeah, very it's... weirdly staged moment at the end where you're just saying about how good it's going to feel just to fucking execute this man. <laughs> and then you just unload a clip into him. And yeah, it's like if, back like if Luke hat. from Modern Family just showed up in like an R-rated crime drama. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> um, but uh, all right, so uh, Bad Boy. So we're doing four stars because that's the, the system I grew up in. Um, yeah. So out of four stars, uh, I'm giving Bad Boys two. Noah? I think uh, I'm, I'm cross-referencing cross this with my five-star system. Uh, so yeah, I'll go two as well. Ahmad, what, what are you giving it? I went two and a half. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, so moving on. I this also is, real quick yes. want to shout out, uh, Joe Pantoliano is great in this movie. He's very good at yelling <laughs> and being, which one is he? He's, he's a captain. Yeah, oh, he's the captain. Yes. He was very good. He's just yeah, screaming he's, he's at He's got a great energy and like, like makes me excited for two because Will Smith and Martin Lawrence have great chemistry together. Yeah. They have great chemistry with Pantoliano and like that's that's a great setup. Of you you've seen like, two before though, right? Oh yeah, no, I just uh, okay. I just mean as a as a viewing here, like there's a great sure. foundation, sure, 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 of characters to go back. That, to. It's just a really bad script, I think. That whole scene where they're in the basketball gym and he's just like he's throwing missing. up bricks. Yeah. <laughs> like, By the way, him, him like sweating profusely and smoking a cigar. He's like, <laughs> uh-huh. is he running while holding that? Like. And then, yeah, him make, and then he has a line where he goes, I was making all of these before you two came. I was sinking all of them. Yeah. Um, I think that's really good. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's very good at that. It might be his best role. <laughs> <laughs> Including The Sopranos. Um, anyway. Uh, so, what, 15 months later, Independence Day, July 2nd, 1996, directed by Roland Emmerich. Starring Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Will Smith, Judd Hirsch, Robert Lagosia, Randy Quaid, uh, Margaret Collin, Vivke Fox, and Mary McDonnell. 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, 59 on Metacritic. It opened at number one with $50 million over its weekend, and it opened on a Wednesday to capitalize on the July 4th holiday. $96 million over the five-day. That uh, final gross was $306 million in North America. And 817 worldwide. It was the biggest film of 1996, the second biggest film of all time worldwide, two Oscar nominations, and it won Best Visual Effects. So, um, the the history behind this, you know, I, it's funny. I was I found this article through this other article, but uh, from Entertainment Weekly, May 2nd, 1990. Oh no, this is about uh, Men in Black. <laughs> I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Okay, Independence Day, right? It was a uh, 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 ensemble film. Roland Emmerich said that he he didn't want to cast a movie star, um, which kind of seems like a slap in the face, Jeff Goldblum, um, because he he just had Jurassic Park and would have the second one coming out the year after. But uh, uh, he wanted the movie to be the movie star. Um, this, of course, is known for its Super Bowl spot. It popularized movies spending. million on a Super Bowl teaser. Um, This was obviously the the teaser to which some people thought that the White House had actually blown up, similar to uh, the the, the train coming at the movie screen. Um, But it was the famous shot of uh, the White House exploding. And that was the first we had had seen it. That classic teaser uh, 
came out four months before the movie's premiere was the first uh, footage we had had of it. Also, th- this movie was a marketing dynamo. The taglines were so tongue-in-cheek, my favorite being, don't make plans for August. Terrific. Love it. Um, it was a m- massively successful marketing campaign. It was the breakout role for Will Smith, mainly because he was the only character or actor seemingly having fun in the film. Uh, our personal history with Independence Day. I don't think I saw this in theaters. I No, I definitely didn't. But I do, obviously, you know, the movie was everywhere. I remember it being around and I must have seen it on VHS at some point. Um, but I definitely didn't see it. Did anybody see it in theaters in there? Five? Anybody go? No. Nah, no, not that I remember. We're not there yet. But um, personal history with Independence Day, Noah. I, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, didn't see it in theaters, but I have seen this movie a ton. Mm-hmm. Though apparently it's been a while since I've seen it from the <laughs> beginning because when Harvey Firestein showed up, I went, holy shit, Harvey Firestein. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know when to drop this note in, so I'm just going to say it now. I was just looking at the cast list on uh, IMDb. Uh-huh. The president's daughter is played by Mae Whitman? Yes, of course it is. You don't recognize Mae Whitman as the little girl? That's wild. Yeah. I did not. Uh, good for her. Uh, but yeah, I've seen this uh, I've seen this movie, especially like the last hour of it, uh, I don't know, 20 times. Her and uh, the, uh, the, the kid who plays Will Smith's son both recast for the sequel. Um, <laughs> Ahmad, what about you? Independence Day, how familiar were you? Have you seen it a bunch? What do you got? Uh, not a bunch. I feel like I've probably seen it uh, like once on TV, like a bunch of years ago. And then most recently I watched it like two months ago. And so this is probably maybe my third or fourth viewing um, sure. watching it this past week. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was, I definitely you know, see it in theaters. What's funny about the cast is it's got Harvey Feistein. Uh, and Lisa Jacob, which is a, a, an actress that I keep, she, she always sticks out when I watch this movie. She's the oldest daughter from Mrs. Doubtfire. She plays Randy Quaid's daughter in this. She has oh, a very yeah. familiar face because I've seen Mrs. Doubtfire so much, but also Harvey Fire scene in Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, all right. So let's talk about independent, obviously Roland Emmerich, not a tremendous track record. I like the day after tomorrow more than others, but you know, Godzilla 2012, 10,000 BC. Obviously, this led to a terrible sequel. Uh, Ahmad, did you see the sequel, Resurgence? No, I didn't. (laughs) It's not good. They have Vivica... It's it's terrible. They bring Vivica A. Fox back and then she dies five minutes later. She literally dies in the movie. She's there for two minutes. She tries to get out of a hospital where she's working. She's now a nurse or something or a doctor and then she dies. (laughs) And it is wild. (laughs) It's also just completely shocking how humorless and devoid of personality the guy that plays will smith's son is truly like this is the movie that made that that, pro- that showed will smith's charisma could vibrate the screen in the theater you're in like he just he commands it and then the, the, this kid who plays his son no no offense to him it's just like it's just not there it's not i mean a little mind. offense to him he's he's <laughs> he's truly terrible wait was it so was it still the the dude that plays his cousin on on Fresh Prince was is that the same person that played his son, the one that played his son in this movie, who played his cousin on Fresh Prince? I yeah, don't know. so his son in this movie was cousin Nikki from. Oh the no, show. no, that that's a good Easter egg. No, oh. they, no, they re, they recast him. Oh, oh, so they didn't bring him back. Okay, they didn't yeah. bring him back. They bring no, Bill they, Pullman back, but he's like in, in he's insane now like, because yeah, of what happened because of that mind thing. Remember when it like screeches in his head? Uh, yeah. 
he's he's really he's become insane also the scientist is still alive even though we clearly see literally adam baldwin checks his pulse and then just like looks sad he's alive it's it's got an ending that is just like well that should have been the movie like the the ending is they receive signals from other worlds being like these aliens came to our planets and tried to kill us let's team up with earth and go to their home planet and take them down like well that's at least kind of interesting why didn't we do that this time but no, we got a boring movie. We'll never get a third one. Um, anyway, this movie is yes. is fine. <laughs> it, it's it, it's very um, it's all about the momentum, right? It's all about building something, and those scenes really work. It's very engaging, but it just it's not like the Randy Quaid character is pretty useless to me. He's not well written. He's there for comic relief that doesn't really work. He's got like a big emotional thing that honestly could have just been the president and would have been fine. They could have just had the president kill himself. Um, Will Smith's the best part in it. He doesn't show up till an hour in. Jeff Goldblum does his Jeff Goldblum thing. He's very engaging on screen, but it's just, it's aside from its set pieces and that the fucking destruction of those cities still hits like a brick. Those still work really, really well. Uh, other than that, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a little underwhelming to me at this point. How many years later? 24 years later. What about yeah. you, Ahmad? What do you think? Yeah, um, I did not enjoy this on my my second watch in in two months. It was it was really boring for the most part. I found myself like just like waiting for the moments when Will Smith was going to come back on the screen mm-hmm. because I did think like he kind of like brought like some energy to it that the rest of the movie needed, especially since like this was like a like a disaster movie, and I just felt like a lot of the performances were really stale. Um, but I thought Vivica A. Fox gave a solid performance. Not enough for a Willie, in my opinion, but sure. I'm, I'm surprised they, they brought her back. But yeah, I thought she was good. Well, they kind of did. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, this was this one was just okay for me. You know, it's so, yeah. we we talk about no and I we just we talked about Bad Boys. You said it had a bad script. I think this is a better script. It's probably a better film than Bad Boys, but it's not by much for me. The, what it has over Bad Boys is the special effects are still really good for the most part. And it's just different. It's still, it's still different from like every other big sci-fi movie that we still see. Just there's something about it. The scale of those spaceships, like the force field thing is two seconds and they move on. I don't know. No, what, what, what about you? I'm a, I, I think significantly higher on this movie than you two are. I think it, uh, it works really well. I, uh, Mostly in just how it juggles its characters, I it's been it's been long enough since I've seen it that I was shocked at how much of like the main character Bill Pullman was. Yeah, I uh, like I don't I'd always thought it was like well obviously it's Jeff Goldblum and uh, Will Smith and then like there's a Bill Pullman's good as the president but it's just like about him. Yeah, uh, but I I think it I think it it juggles him and Goldblum and Smith well as like three sort of co leads. Uh, I think they're all really good in it. I think it's full of just like good, good actors in the bit parts. Like Vivica Fox is good. Judd Hirsch, I think, is terrific, uh, doing hey, his like super hey, Jewish hey, father, super routine. Jewish father. He's a walking bagel. I, yeah. Did that? Uh, is did did you find that? Uh, I don't know. Offensive? No. And I, I watch. No. No. Because Judd Hirsch is Jewish, and it. it yeah. I mean, he he does a whole bunch of like oy vey, but he he also he's funny in it though. You know, he has that line where yeah. he sits down with the 
the James, Cro- not James Cromwell, and uh, James Redhorn. Yeah, and he says to him, I'm "Not Jewish." He goes, "Nobody's perfect." Like he's very, yeah. he, has, he has funny lines, but it it is a a bit much. I just like Jeff Goldblum's relationship with the woman doesn't do anything emotionally. No, that doesn't work. The the first lady survives and dies a minute later. Yeah, very strange. Like what? She gets saved, and then he goes, "Why, well, honey, you're saved." The doctor goes, "Oh boy, I will. listen. Let's not get <laughs> yeah, so let's just not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we uh, can't yeah. stop the way he just." She's, we cannot stop the bleeding. This is yeah. very dramatic. Well, he keeps he keeps saying he keeps trying to say if if we if we'd gotten to her earlier, maybe we could have done something. Right. And they're like, it takes him a very long time to say like your wife's gonna die. Yeah. Uh, which mm-hmm. I thought like I th- I'm I'm no doctor, but I feel like that should be up front. But like the the bits that work, the race against time to the White House and then out of the White House, that that whole sequence where they destroy L.A. and and. New York, it's crushes. It's still really, yeah. really engaging, and I think the 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 firefights are very entertaining, um, stuff like that. And you know, I, it's good. It's just it doesn't it's, it doesn't like power me up. It's more of a this is the definition of like a big scale sci fi movie than me feeling that. I just know that that's the case. Sure. Uh, out of four stars, uh, two and a half for me on Independence Day right now. No, are you are you marking all these? Yes, I am. Okay, great. Yes, yeah, I I have a uh, I have a document here. Terrific. Am I? What about uh, you? How many stars out of four? Two and a half for me as well. Noah, I this is weird because I think I also go two and a half, but it's just a more enthusiastic. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like my my two and a half is like. Hey, I mean, you're pretty you're good. You're also like, just it's... more stingy with the three, and I'm like I'm throwing threes out left and right for movies. Yeah. I like. Yeah, I, um, I, 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 find, I find this movie pretty propulsive and fun to watch, but still two and a half, I think. Okay, so then we move to one year later. I think exactly, exactly 365 days later. Men in Black, released July 2nd, 1997, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, starring Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith, Linda Fiorentino, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Rick Torn. 92 on Rotten Tomatoes, 71 on Metacritic. It also opened at number one. With fifty-one million dollars and an eighty-four million dollar five-day, two hundred and fifty million domestic gross and five eighty-nine worldwide. It was the number two film domestically in nineteen ninety-seven. No, it was number one in nineteen ninety-seven. Was Titanic? Yes, three Academy Award nominations, including even though it was musical or comedy, which is odd, a terrific Best Original Score nomination. I really like that citation for this, oh, yeah. um, and it won Best Makeup. So Will Smith was cast and filming began months before the release of Independence Day. So he was cast because Barry Sonnenfeld was a fan of The Fresh Prince and his performance in Six Degrees of Separation. Um, Chris O'Donnell turned down the role, as did David Schwimmer. So just sit with that for a while. Chris O'Donnell turned it down because he thought it was too similar to Dick Grayson. Which, okay, whatever you want to say. Um, and uh, both uh, Smith and Tommy Lee Jones agreed to the role after meeting with the film's executive producer, Steven Spielberg, because they thought it was a little strange. But uh, he assured them that it wasn't. Um, it's just interesting that he has this huge role in this movie uh, that is really like one of the cornerstones of his career. And he was cast on it before the success of Independence Day. You know, you'd feel like it would be after that, the idea that, oh, the Independence Day was huge. Now he gets the role in this movie. This actually happened sure. before that came out. Um, personal history with Men in Black. I saw this in theaters, I think. <laughs> I have <laughs> I a memory. I, too. I have a memory of being six 
And I think seeing this in theaters, which is shocking because my mom now hates bugs. Anything icky, no one knows. Anything icky or bug related, she has to look away or she'll gag. This involves a giant cockroach and many cockroaches. Yeah, a lot of regular cockroaches. And I I wish I could remember if she was like in the theater going, oh God, no. Or if she was just, it's just over time, it's gotten worse. But I do remember seeing this in theaters. Noah, you agree? I think I if I, I didn't see theaters? this in theaters, then I definitely like rented it a lot. So I, I saw this movie a ton. So I, did I, I own this on VHS as a, as a kid. Amai, what about you? Did you see this in theaters? Uh, I don't think so. I didn't really see a, a lot of movies in theaters when I was young, but I absolutely mm-hmm. had Men in Black on VHS. Um, so I've yeah. seen this, this movie a lot of times. Hadn't seen it in probably 10 years at least wow um, so, that's exciting yeah so i was happy to, to revisit it i uh, right, i distinctly let's... remember the very beginning where the creature's running towards the cop and mm-hmm. the timely jaws is blown up being very yeah. scary to me well sure i mean especially that guy, that guy's yell is very strange yeah um i i also remember that being scary i also remember the skin suit which is very graphic we'll talk about that in a minute <laughs> it is. also being frightening when the thing grabs his head and pulls him down i don't remember the alien talking that was surprising when he goes uh, put down your projectile weapon or whatever oh, um sure. but uh, i i remember like the fucking advertise i remember the marketing for this i remember like burger king deals or i think burger king had the main deal with like will smith movies but like the toys that came with this. I remember the cartoon. You guys remember the cartoon? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I had toys of Jay from the cartoon. Um, I remember this movie heavily. Nice. I've watched it a lot. So now I'm curious, uh, Ahmad, you haven't seen it so long. Well, how did it hold up 10 years later? Uh, very well. I loved this movie. Um, I would say out of the the five that we watched this week, this was the one that I think was the most fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I love it. Uh, the The comedy um, that Will brought, I think, was more similar to the comedy he was doing on Fresh Prince. Like, I feel like in his other movies, he was kind of toning it down, like the kind of right. comedy that we were used yeah. to from him. But I feel like he brought all of it to this movie. And like Tommy Lee Jones kind of playing the straight man to Will Smith's comedy. And this was was very good. They worked really well together. Um, yeah, I loved it. I loved his performance in this. Um, I loved the plot. Uh, it was really whimsical, kind of similar to like Space Jam and how like all this weird stuff that was happening was kind of presented to the viewer. It kind of reminded yeah. me of Space Jam, uh, similar to like all these Looney Tunes talking and we're going to their world and stuff. Um, yeah, I really like this movie. Barry, Barry Sonnenfeld was a cinematographer for a lot of movies. He directed the two Adams families uh-huh. and then Get Shorty and then he made this. And I think that he, the choice for tommy lee jones to play this completely straight he is as serious as a heart attack in this movie is fantastic it levels everything about this movie it makes it all seem real Mm -hmm. he's so funny too without hitting jokes the way that he said like like when he pulls the guy over and he goes uh he goes he goes you know just him like interrogating that guy by the car just going what are you doing here reg very funny and you know him him saying you know Zed, we got a bug. Just it. There's so many things about it, and you're you're right about the Fresh Prince thing because they're both fish out of water. They're both in an environment that they don't know, and they're both learning about that environment. Um, it's so good that opening chase. Now I know I just talked about him running in in, in 
bad boys. But him running in that opening chase in that orange <laughs> outfit through yeah. the street jumping around, that was my jam. That I don't know why I was so fascinated with running because clearly I don't do it very often. Um, but that was so exciting and such a good curtain raiser. And he's so funny. I, like the movie just it fucking works, man. Noah, what 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 did you think? I this movie is incredible. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is a lord among men. Uh, <laughs> okay. And you know, just just speaking just speaking to that opening uh, that opening chase scene. I uh, I think the way I reacted to the beginning of Casino Royale uh-huh. uh, with that whole parkour chase. Uh, back then uh, is basically how I reacted to this as a six or seven year old, depending yeah. on when I first saw this. Just like this is this is just like a incredible. This is a perfect scene. Yeah. Uh, the, and the guy the guy blinking sideways. It's just, this that whole scared movie the, is like it scared the hell brain. out of me. Yeah, it scared the hell out of uh, me when I was a kid. I didn't like that. Will Smith is uh, like you both said, incredibly funny and charming and charismatic yeah. in this. I. Uh, it's just I, I'm also just so impressed by how tight this movie is. It's an hour yeah. and a half. Uh, you don't you don't feel like you're missing anything, right? Uh, but the the whole thing just blows by. Uh, the the Will Smith being recruited <laughs> sequence where he's I mean he's taking the test and he drags the table it's, over. It's you know it's it's so it's, speaking of that scene, you know, there's so many jokes about aliens. Like, isn't it funny that an alien is a dog? Isn't it funny that? Um, the you know Michael not Michael Jackson was in the next one but like Dennis whoever they had and on that screen is an alien the Dennis Rodman joke that those was those 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 alien jokes are funny and they're expected but like the, those those military men trying to take a test on their knee yeah and not and being in uncomfortable chairs and him dragging that is just comedy that has nothing to do with the premise that is just a joke. Because it's funny. It has nothing to do with sci-fi. And that is the stuff that's endearing about this movie. It's not like the aliens drinking coffee and doing that. It's it's uh, it's, it's Will Smith going, um, you know, I'll do it, but, you know, you're not going to call me kid or, or boy or Sonny. And he goes, all right, you got it, Slick. Like, yeah. it's just, it's that Incredible. kind of stuff that is really funny. And what the, the general humor of it. God, when he's dragging that table and he breaks the pencil, him explaining why he shot the girl, it's so funny. Him yeah, explaining think, why he shot that girl is really funny. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think this movie is just incredibly good. His line deliveries are so on point. Um, maybe the most on point they'll be in his career. The, him, the way that he can yell, the way that he can go higher in tone. Um, it's just, it's so good. The, you know, the, the, noisy, the, the noisy cricket. Just a, a classic, yeah, it's classic bit. It's classic bit. Um, there's also stuff that I just you know, knowing the cat was the uh, the thing. There was just stuff that I, you know, like <laughs> we talked about this on another episode. But there's something about these older movies that like, or just new movies, whichever movies, where I don't really pay attention to the plot or dialogue happening on some movies. This was one of them. So when like they go, oh, the the Acrylians. Um, the Acrillian prince died and they're going to wage war and they're blaming us. That went right over my head for whatever, 27 years, 23 years yeah. that I've watched this movie. I was like, Oh, the Acrillian. So he was a prince. So he, the guy inside the head was the prince and they're, they're blaming him. It's a diplomatic dispute. I understand. Like I had no idea what that was for so many years. Yeah, was, it's just a big oh. bug man. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a big bug man and like a shit might blow up the earth. I don't know what's yeah. happening. Rip Which is, Horn a... is fantastic in this. Yeah. Um Linda Wait. Fiorentino, it's it's so insane that they they pick her as the thing and then uh, five years later, there's like I don't think there's they might reference her, but there's like no follow up on that, and I was dis- I'm disappointed in that still because she's good in this. Vincent D'Onofrio, yes, is incredible. His physical uh, movements and faces in this movie are incredible. Him, that scene where he's in the car, I think it's when he's going to the deli and he has to get out, and he just starts like thrashing <laughs> before he gets out of the car. He's really funny. He's really he's, he's scary and he's really funny and it's all his performance. He's great. Yeah, he's he's terrific. I fucking love Vincent D'Onofrio. He's just great uh, in this. No one I still cl- say sugar water. Sugar water. Yeah. We still yeah. say sugar water. Which I was really disappointed to find that uh, he didn't actually say. He doesn't he say sugar she, in water. Yeah, she she's the one who says he wanted sugar water. She's the one who yeah. says it, but. Uh, and then one of the things that I've loved since I was a kid is the neuralizer and then making up stories mm. and, and, and him going, you're going to go to Bloomingdale's, get yourself some shoes, get your hair. Like, I think that's, that's really funny. I also just, just little moments like, like when, uh, when he neuralizes Linda Fiorentino and Will Smith has to like throw his glasses on. He's like, oh, would you stop that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that he almost gets neuralized. Cause he like, do do it. it's just, it's really good, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, I could talk about it for a while, but let's not, um, men in black. Uh, out of four stars, I mean, I have to give it like, <laughs> I don't know if it's four. For, I'm going to give it three and a half right now. It's about perfect. I think the ending's a little basic and whatever, but it's it's about probably give it three and a half. I think that's really high. Yeah, I'm doing three and a half as well. Amad, um, just three and a half for me as well. There we go. All right, uh, we do have uh, Ahmad, you have some music update. Big Willie style. What's going on in 1997? Yes, so um, a few movies under his belt. Will Smith returned to rap for his solo career. Um, DJ Jazzy Jeff, like, he was still recording at Jeff's studio, and he produced some of the songs, but for the most part, this was a solo outing for Will. Um, And I think he began to create the best music that his career would produce um, with his first solo album, Big Willie Style, which... Um, is the reason why we made, named the segment this. Um, yep. So he created the Men in Black song um, for the movie, and that was the lead single for his uh, solo album. He released it, I want to say, he released the single Men in Black like a month before the movie came out, and then after the movie released, his solo album came out maybe one to two months later. Um. So in this movie, he was continuing the style that he had kind of like made for himself with DJ Jazzy Jeff, a lot of non-explicit, very pop uh, rapping. He was rapping about like being monogamous and like loving his family, (laughs) (laughs) like overproduction that was sampling like Stevie Wonder and Earth, Wind and Fire and the Isley Brothers, like a lot of samples in this album that were done very well. Like, just like they took the sample, created a new song that was just like still very, very good and like um, paid homage to those older songs. Um, He was confident, very aware of how big of a star he was at the time. And he was rapping about it a lot about his success. And the album did numbers. To date, Big Willie Style has gone nine times platinum. Um, Likely that it will go diamond at some point, um, reaching that 
um, reaching 10 times platinum, getting the diamond uh, certification. Uh, and he won two Grammys from this album, one for best rap solo performance for Men in Black in 1998. And then wow. the very next year, he won it for Getting Jiggy With It, which was his first number one hit on the charts. Um, so this is a good album. I had a lot of fun re-listening to this album. It's definitely, I think, uh, my favorite of all the things he's released. Um, but Big Willie Style is a good album. What's the standout track? What's the best song on the album? Oh, I love so many. My favorite is probably Just the Two of Us. That's the mm-hmm. one that I probably play the most. But Candy is really good. Um, the Men in Black song, re-listening to that again, is just like very good. He's got a lot of really good songs on that one. You know, one thing that, you know, I'm a big movie guy. One thing that always connects, that connected me to the movies or just was such a huge part of my love my relationship with movies back then was will smith or just anybody putting a song at the end of the credits that had to do with the movie there's something so ingrained in me about blockbusters really summer blockbusters that did that and so i will always have a special place in my heart for the the the, the main three songs from movies this uh nod your head and wild wild west and the music video for this is very funny he, they do a terrible dance that uh that do you remember that dance he does that thing with his hands where he like moves his hand like he's drumming almost yeah. <laughs> the, the alien that runs at the border patrol guy oh, we didn't even talk about the fucking um the uh like the the just, just the the immigration allegory that men in black is yeah i mean it, it's it's <laughs> it starts with a border patrol scene and timely jones just going like no no you guys go ahead into america it's fine but like that idea that they are the they are the border patrol for earth. Like that's what they do. Uh, There's a scene where the, the, the guy who's going to lunch with the cat guy has to claim any items. Did you bring any fruit? Like there's just, there's exactly scenes like that anyway. um, But uh, I love men in black. It gets me. So it just reminds me of being like hot in the summer, getting into an air conditioned car, that feeling good, going to the movies, eating popcorn, that kind of shit. It's very, sense memory for me um all right so then we get into like the first adult quote-unquote movie i mean you know i certainly more adult than bad boys even though they're both rated r enemy of the state november 20th 1998 uh directed by tony scott starring will smith gene hackman regina king and a whole mess of people i mean the list goes on and on um I'm just pulling up the cast list because there's just a thousand people in this and it's very entertaining. So aside from uh, those people, uh, Jake Busey, Barry Pepper, Jason Lee, Gabriel Byrne, Lisa Bonet, Jack Black, Jamie Kennedy, Scott Kahn, uh, Anna Gunn, Grant Heslov, Jason Robards is uncredited, Seth Green, Tom Sizemore, Philip Baker Hall. I mean, this movie has a thousand people in it. Um, uh, it 72 on Rotten Tomatoes, 67 Metacritic, opened at number two with $20 million, the Rugrats movie, opened at number one, uh, $110 million domestically, 250 worldwide. It was a different vibe for Will Smith, adult serious thriller as opposed to action. Uh, a huge director in Tony Scott, a huge producer, his second time working with uh, Jerry Bruckheimer after Bad Boys. Um, and huge stars, Will Smith and Gene Hackman. It was still some a risk in some regards. He was moving away from things that teens would want to see, and that includes the R-rated Bad Boys, um, which 
which resulted in a smaller gross. And uh, however, it might have gone a long way in introducing him or at least him gaining respect or just being taken more seriously by a more adult audience. Um, Enemy of the State. So I, my personal story with this, I've talked about this before, but and I don't think either of you remember these. I think I've asked you both, but Blockbuster used to have these like paper pamphlets that had the upcoming movies that were coming out on video and like synopsis and stuff. And I would take sure. them when I went to Blockbuster and look through them and get excited about the movies. And this was exactly that time period face off enemy of the state. I know this poster by heart. I wanted to see this movie for so long. It took me years to see it. I saw it maybe 10 years ago for the first time. Um, but this was just one of those movies that was in my head that was coming out around then that I really wanted to see, but couldn't probably because it was R rated. Uh, Ahmad, had you ever seen enemy of the state before this? Yes, actually. Uh, I discovered this movie probably when I was in college, um, watched it and it instantly became one of my favorite Will Smith movies. I love this movie. I was very excited uh, to be able to watch it again because I haven't seen it in a few years, but um, yeah, yeah, I love any of the state. So this is interesting because Noah hadn't seen it. Is that correct, Noah? Correct. And Noah's been last night. Noah's been on a vi- and I really wanted to watch this with you, and it really fucking makes me angry. I couldn't because Noah's been on a Tony Scott kick. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we watched Unstoppable uh, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crimson Tide fairly recently. Right, and I'm yeah, uh, and then this and yeah, like I. So this is right up your alley. I think I just love Tony Scott. And I was really, <laughs> I never really knew that before. And it's so funny. And we'll, I, I wonder your thoughts. In a second, but just speaking of Tony Scott, it, it looks like a Tony Scott movie. It's got like the it choppy does. editing, but it doesn't look, it, it's almost like the transition film for Tony Scott because the very end shootout is exactly all of uh, man on fire. <laughs> like that rapid, uh, almost slow motion, but jittery editing, like the bright flashes of the gun. You can't tell yeah. what's going on. That's ex- all that happens in Man on Fire. Um, but no, I cannot wait to hear. What did you think of Enemy of the State? I, I mean, I thought a lot of things. I think it was, uh, it was quite good. Uh, conceptually, just like uh, thematically speaking, no notes. <laughs> like you, you got, you got it right on the money, guys. Oh, you mean <laughs> yeah. like with its messaging? <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. I, I think the NSA might be evil. Like, yeah, it's it's funny <laughs> yeah, that we are. it's funny you mentioned that. Do you remember when we saw the Circle with Tom uh-huh. Hanks and Emma uh, Watson that came out maybe four years ago? Yeah, and yeah. its messaging was, hey, maybe social media companies that try to like have a, a fingerprint in every part of your life isn't a good idea. And we're also in the movie being like, we've known that for 20 years. What are you talking? It was such a late, it would be like a movie now coming out and going, Hey, I don't know if we should get involved in mid in, in the middle. I don't know if we should send more troops to the middle East. Like I, yeah. I, I like if a movie came out and was like, you know, maybe Iraq doesn't have weapons. Of like we all know that. What are you spouting this message yeah, for? This, this is the same message, but like right on the precipice. So this is yeah, much this- more, this actually reminded me of something uh, I said back during our uh, our conversation about the talented Mr. Ripley and mm-hmm. how I love movies that like comment on old movies that comment on today's issues because they do so without actually like without the lens of today's issues. Uh, and that movie so was it- all about just how like the, the privilege of the rich is disgusting so what you're saying is that in like 10 years, you're going to love the circle. 
Well, no, because be that was the, the circle was commenting on the issues of its day, whereas this movie was commenting on the issues of twenty years from its day. This is also such a left wing, and I didn't mention him in the cast list because he's a piece of shit. But it's such a left wing movie, and like, uh, and like the the the, the Republican senators whatever are the bad guys and stuff and then john void is in this and i'm like oh did your politics change like immensely in the last 20 years what did you think reading the script (laughs) were you just like i I don't agree with i don't agree with a word of this but i'll do it um i yeah i thought i thought this was like it was very it was very effective i was surprisingly effective in making me like feel emotionally for Will Smith's character, like when yes. his when his life was being destroyed and he was like running around, like I was I was really like upset and stressed out. And I was like, they're really fucking this guy over. <laughs> I, and yeah, I thought I thought it was uh, it was really well done. Gene Hackman is incredible. Uh, the amount of comedic actors populating the NSA is very weird. <laughs> Jack Black, Seth Green. Uh, Jamie sorry, Kennedy, guess, Jamie Kennedy, Jason Lee is not in the NSA, but he's in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's super strange. What's uh, Scott Con? Scott Con. Um, you know, I uh, the first of all the Gene Hackman thing. He doesn't show up for I don't know an hour and a half. He's yeah, just I think not it's an hour. Um, it's such a sin, and I know no, you haven't seen this, but I watched the conversation recently, which is like 1973, something like that, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Terrific movie, everyone should see yeah. it. But he plays basically the same character, someone who does surveillance for a living and doesn't trust anybody, and and eventually thinks that people are listening in on him. And like the room that he has in that warehouse is very, very similar to the room in the conversation. It's almost like a sequel, um, which is very, it was clearly a homage. And in fact, the, the file photo, when they find out who it is and show it of Gene Hackman at the NSA is his character from the conversation. Oh, which is, which is very fun. Um, You know, the only, but before I get into actually praising this, the only thing that I want to say is the ending feels very rushed. They like, I feel like the middle chase you know, between going outside uh, to the hotel, through the hotel, outside the hotel, um, all that is, it feels like it's like an hour long. And yeah. then when we get to Gene Hackman, everything happens very quickly. They think of a plan, they have supplies. It's like a big montage at the end. And I, it feels a little weirdly paced story-wise that we spend so much time from him running from the, the NSA. And then when we get to the fact that he has an advantage, it's just so quick. Um, I do like the way it wraps up, but I mean, that scene, that first hour and a half really before I love Gene Hackman in this, but before Gene Hackman comes is so exciting. Like I could watch him run around that hotel and for hours, except for when he lights a fire in that room. What what was your exit plan? What was going, what was the idea there? Couldn't you just held a match up? Why did you have to light that in gasoline? I get, I get get the impression that maybe he lit the fire on accident. I mean, like he lit, he lit the thing on fire and was going to hold it up. But then we also saw him like spill. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And like, so maybe he, maybe he was just trying to hold a match up to it. Then suddenly the room was on fire. And he was just lucky that the fire department got there so quick. And he was about to die. Um, but I could really watch that for a while. That was, it's all very exciting. And I do, you're right. Them stripping everything down, uh, like taking away his life is just, 
it's thrilling to watch because you know what's happening and you don't know how he's going to get out of it. He's also really good in this movie. Yeah. He's really good in this movie. Um, it's just a, it's just such a, all right. What else about it? What else do you guys want? I have have a, I have a a quick little game I want to play because a game. I, we don't play those on this podcast. John Voight is the villain. Uh, his wife is played by Anna Gunn of Deadwood and Breaking who, Bad fame. Who, who I kept saying is like obviously his daughter. I don't know why we're going. Yeah. With <laughs> well, wife. that's she's thirty years that, younger than him. At least that's our game. Uh, Ahmad, how much older is John Voight than Anna Gunn? <laughs> it was What's your guess? Shocking in, in this movie. No, in real life. Well, in, in, your, your life. in your best in guess. Your life. Oh, uh... she was cast as his wife in this movie. Wow, uh, I would have to say like twenty-five years. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say on Breaking Bad. Are we doing Jeopardy rules or no? I no. I'm going to say well, on Breaking you're... Bad, she was let's say like 40, 41 when that started. I, she wasn't. Uh-huh. We're just in the middle of it. She wasn't that much older or younger. I wouldn't think. Sure. So I'm going to say in the middle of Breaking Bad, she was forty. That was like fifteen years. Before this, so she'd be twenty five. Oh God, how old is she? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna stick with thirty. I'm gonna say thirty. You're exactly right. He's thirty years old. <laughs> John Voight is currently eighty two. Oh my and God, John is currently fifty two. I mean, uh, it was insane when he, the, I was like, "Is this a bedroom? What are you?" I thought, "Is he staying with his daughter?" <laughs> yeah. Even the way they were talking wasn't like white. She, she she was just like she was like, "How did the meeting go?" I'm like, "Okay, I." And then when they had that relationship with the other guy and his uh, aide, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe it's like that situation. <laughs> like, what happened here? It was wild. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's super weird. I also uh, do want to give a shout out to, uh, I believe, Tom Sizemore. Yeah, Tom is, Sizemore was the guy, uh, yeah, the, mob, the mob boss. Yeah, plays the mobster at just a complete, completely uncorked. It's like, oh, you, oh, you want, you want the video? Did you make the video, Ted? <laughs> Oh, you want the videotape back? It's my videotape. Hang on. Let me shovel some spaghetti into my mouth and we'll go back to talking about the videotape. I was, I was watching when he goes, uh, uh, you know what? That's exact. This was on him, but the other guy goes, it's exactly what a Shylock would do. Okay. You're acting yeah. just like a Shylock lawyer. I was like, that's, I was in my mind. I was like, that's a, that's a Jewish lawyer. That's what you would call oh, yeah, us. Yeah. And then Will Smith just goes, well, actually, I'm like, thank you. Okay, <laughs> I'm not just crazy. I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it's really good, man. Yeah, it's very good. It's, it's, it's so weird now that just to go back to the Tony Scott of it all, that like I, I've always had this sort of like genre of movie, like this style uh, as like, oh, there's so there's so many movies in that sort of, just in the style that Tony Scott makes. And I didn't realize that he made all of them. And so I was just thinking like, Oh yeah. Like the way enemy of the state looks is similar to the way that like man on fire looks is similar to the except way unstoppable looks. Except one's blue and one's orange. Pretty much. But yeah, now that, now that I'm finding more and more that just Tony Scott's responsible for all of those movies. You're going to have to watch man on fire again. I am. I'm going to, I got to watch a great movie. It's very long. I'm gonna watch Top Gun again eventually. Sure. Well, the sequel is, will come out. We'll watch Poison. Yeah, sequel. I'll watch it before that. Um, which he did not direct. Well, because he's dead. Um, I forgot about that. 
Anyway, yeah. it's it's a it's a lot of fun and just it there's something about it that just gets me real excited during that opening bit. I think the car chase is great. Um the car's on fire is like what and then Will Smith's on fire. That was one part where I was like, Oh my god, Will Smith's on fire? <laughs> yeah. Will Smith's on fire twice in this movie. <laughs> That's true. Um and I also really yeah, like but- I also just like the idea of Gene Hackman in a van, just like screaming at Jack Black, like, you need to get out there. You need to go. <laughs> Jack Black, what should I? And he's like, I would. And he's like, I guess I will. And he like, runs out. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it it, it's great. It's also crazy that like, they're so quick to catch him. And all the while I'm thinking like, boy, it's so much faster now. Like, well, not even faster. They don't need to catch anybody. They know where everybody is. Right. They don't time. need to plant not, bugs. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, they don't need to go, okay, where was he? He was at the corner of fourth and fifth. Let's pull the they're just like, oh no, he's here and he's traveling this way. <laughs> um, star rating for enemy the state. I, I I really, really like this. I I'm gonna give it three, though. I, I do think the ending is a little quick for me. I'm gonna give it three. I'll uh, I'll stick with three as well. Uh but like a, a high three. Okay. <laughs> It's a three and a oh, half for me. I was gonna say someone would say a high three is three and a half. Um, well, yeah, it's like it's it's like a three point four in my mind. <laughs> gotcha. Right. gotcha. Okay, uh, and then finally, our last film of the uh, of the episode. This oh is now we're going eight months, nine months later. Wild Wild West. Uh, boy, are we going to have a lot to say about this? June 30th, 1999, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, starring Will Smith, Kevin Klein, Selma Hayek, and Kenneth Branagh. 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, 38 on Metacritic. It opened at number one with $27 million, 41 over the five-day again. Gross $114 million here in North America and 222 worldwide. Uh, we all know Smith famously turned down the role of Neo, to be in this film, but it was reuniting him with men in black director Sonnenfeld. I can see why he made that choice. Initially, it was a, a more commercial friendly than uh, the matrix seemed more accessible to general audiences. Um, sure. The film was an immediate critical and commercial flop as it cost a then and still staggering. No, hold on to something. $170 million. What the 1999. <laughs> What that was that was the third biggest budget in history at the time. I was preparing myself for like a buck twenty five, <laughs> like a, 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 an outside outside <laughs> chance of a buck fifty. No, hundred and seventy million dollars went into this movie. Astonishing. <laughs> uh, personal history with Wild Wild West. Boy, did I was I excited and did I like Wild Wild West as a kid? I, I don't remember. I didn't buy it. I, you know, I didn't watch it a bunch, but I must have liked it. I do remember seeing it. I remember the Burger King advertisements. I had one of the toys. I think I had the plane they flew in um, as a toy, and I still love the song. And so I have a personal connection where it was one of the first, not one of the first times, but a, a moment in my head where I very distinctly remember being excited for a movie to come out. Yeah, You know, it was right up. It was, it was pitched directly at an eight-year-old. <laughs> uh, it was right on my own. It was Will Smith again. And I was just real excited to get back in there. And I think I must've liked it. Um, you know, we'll talk about what I think now, but when I was eight, I enjoyed it, but I remember very distinctly that summer being excited while West was coming out. Ahmad, what about you? Um, yeah, I don't really remember when I watched this movie. I know that I've seen it a few times, 
but and I definitely had like a couple of the Burger King toys. Like I had the one of the the bad guys, like robot. You know, once it was on its four legs, I think I had that one. I think I had right. Will Smith's character. But like, I don't really understand how this movie was geared at children because this was not a movie well, for kids. We'll talk about. Well, it. It, it was it was aimed at children. I mean, it was Will Smith. He had cool sunglasses on. He was in like a, a black suit. He was shooting guns. He was saying quips. It had like expl- like the trailers. You know, he was saving the world with like he was a gunslinger. It was just, it was cool. No, like, no, I know that it was marketed towards children. I oh, didn't I understand. I thought even like, why did I want to see it? As a oh, kid? No, no, no. I just don't understand why it was marketed at children because that makes no yeah. sense. <laughs> well, half of half of it was, but the other half, uh, okay, which no. again, we'll 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 talk about. <laughs> we'll get into it. No, I yeah. Well, I uh, I had never seen this movie all the way through. What? Uh, I, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was a. We would have uh, like, watched was... this. We would have watched this years ago. This is a movie you should just know exists and like have well, references in your brain. I, I mean, I, I knew, I knew it was. I had, I knew it was about like a big robot spider, uh, and like I'm, I've yes. seen scenes of it. That is like, what I know, it's about. I've seen. I know. I've seen the, uh, like the the costume ball scene before. Mm. The one with uh, the where 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 he. Uh... Where he rescues some Hayek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I, I, I don't think I've ever sat down and watched this movie. Uh, okay. It's really bad. We're not uh, talking about that yet, <laughs> Noah. Okay. I, <laughs> even as, like, a young child, like, with no, with no, no sense of discerning, like, taste at all, uh, a famous, uh, a famous story that my dad likes to tell about me as a very young movie watcher, so when we came out of uh, Star Wars Episode One, uh, what I said was, "Well, that wasn't very good." I'd see it again, though. <laughs> uh, but even then, I was like aware of this movie in the world and just kind of like, "I don't think that's for me." I see. So what you're saying is, even though you had no discernible taste, yeah. you you knew better than to not want to see this movie. Therefore, it, making me who wanted to see this movie feel like an asshole. <laughs> For someone who I didn't have any taste, I didn't like. I, I, you know, I had terrible taste in movies, but I knew this was garbage. I guess well, if you want to make that story about you, that that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you know how it made me feel about myself <laughs> when you just said it. Um, I mean, let's start with the fact that they're about to fuck in the town watering supply. <laughs> sure. Very first scene. All right. <laughs> Which I remember distinctly in the theater and just being like, oh, I like this movie. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> I have such a weird history of this movie because I do think it's funny him fake kissing and looking out that hole. I think that's a very funny <laughs> image. I think his face is very funny when he's doing it. Um, but I mean, that's not an appropriate place to to have sex. Uh, no, it's going to contaminate the water supply. <laughs> People... <laughs> They poison the water. There was a, yeah, someone, 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 they're gonna poison the water hole. Um, yeah. All right. All right. So let's talk about this movie. It's not good. It's very strange because I still watch this and enjoy aspects of it. I think Kevin Klein is very good in this. this I think I mean, this, this must have been like written for Kevin Klein. It's very suited to Kevin Klein. I like them together, and I think that some of the. I de- the, some of the set pieces in it very much hinder back to when I was a kid. Him like 
on the pool table that flips and him being upside down. That to me is still a lot of fun, but like the, the plot is incomprehensible it, but it's so simple at the same time, a U.S. marshal who, who is there finding a kidnapped scientist. Now I, I watched a whole show about what U.S. marshals do. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't think it's, it's finding people who are not criminals. I think I think it's I think it's possible that the agency's uh, prerogatives. You know what? I'm sure this movie has its history of, of the U.S. Marshal Service. Correct. You're right. Um, it's kind of in the Wild West. They just like just do anything. This is the kind of movie that wants like so much credit for showing the Capitol building being built. Yeah. Like they're like, see, look at that. We know our history. We're in the middle of the, this period where that's being built. Isn't that look at our little details? Like, nah. He rides up to the White House had no security. You could just go into the White House. <laughs> he just parks right in front of the White House. Um, and then Jim West just happens upon this. What does he do? They what serve? They mentioned it, but what is is he? Uh, what? Well, he he's pursuing Mister. Uh, no, no, but what, what's his title? Who does he work for? Oh, the army. I think Ted, he's like a yeah. special ranger. Ted, is Ted, Ted Levine, by the way, no. Buffalo Bill from Sounds of the Lambs. Oh, was he Mr. Bloodbath, Bloodbath McGrath? Okay. Uh, he is a, a U.S. Army captain. He, they also yeah. say he's a marshal. Maybe that's at the end and they become a marshal. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I like all of uh, Kevin Klein's disguise. I think that's a lot of fun. I think that the makeup job on him is Grant is really good. He, re, he really does. Because he, he, he plays Grant uh, when he's not pretending to be. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I think I, I think they do a good job of that, but I don't know. I, I like parts of the score. I'm trying to think of just things that I still think hold up. <laughs> I like I like parts of the score. Uh, um, the song is great. Will Smith's still good in it. <sighs> Kevin Klein's great. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's really bad though, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's so like simultaneously so silly. Just so like over the top slapstick, like this is a children's movie kind yeah, of he, silly. Yeah, he has like a but, thing. His, his like his his fla- his lapel flower like punches a guy in the face. Yeah, like it's, you know. Yeah, there's gadgets and gizmos and disguises and dances. The, the uh, people in the paintings. That scene I do like reshoots all. Mm, of them. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, but at the same time, uh, the like the backstory of the plot is that you know Will Smith. Uh, was sold away from his family who was oh, then God. his backstory in this in this, in this, <sighs> this horrific massacre his backstory uh, which I never knew about until this viewing and I've yeah. seen this movie like maybe ten times in my life eight times again right over my head yeah. but that scene where he's where he, when when Kevin Klein this one goes when you were raised by uh, Indians I was like oh yeah I think I remember that and he goes yeah well my family was at that massacre I'm like oh shit I didn't know that yeah. and just a just a a shocking amount of like I don't like in story racism. I don't. Know right, if, well, I don't know if the movie, yes. Let's talk like, about it. Let's talk about it because there was a very famous there was a very famous thing on like Twitter a few years ago where this just this came up again. That scene between Will Smith and Kenneth Branagh where they're just trading jabs about yeah. about Will Smith's race and then Kenneth Branagh's disability. I'm like those. Are, I don't think those are compatible as far as like like things that we could hit on. Like yeah. it's not a tit for tat scenario. Um, 
but like I remember that that trending on Twitter for for a while, and I, I it never occurred to me. I and I'm thinking as a kid, I couldn't have understood what any of that meant or found any of it funny because I don't know those references. We yeah. like when he's like, it's just like a woman to cut the legs out for Monday. I'm like, as a kid, I must have been like, oh, sure, he doesn't have legs. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> you I've got never heard that expression, but I guess yeah, because he doesn't have legs. Um, the casual like- commentary on race is wild and there's like a place to do it like blazing saddles is a great example of the idea that you can like make it a satire of the film but like then you go into the heaviness of it like like the things that people say to will smith are hurtfulness he's he's he you know everywhere he goes he's commented on his race in this movie which is period appropriate but like but like you're, not what but you're doing here. but you're taking it seriously and so you can't have those jabs back and forth and then like have him like give a big speech before he's hanged and have that be like fun. Like it's just, it's like the idea of Will Smith talking his way out of that is inherently interesting because we think that he can, right? Because he's so charismatic. Everybody likes him. He's funny. He's charming. That idea works on principle. This movie can't have it both ways (laughs) where they can't treat it as a serious thing of like, we are commenting on it. And then it being insulting blazing saddles works because they're only, they're only satirizing it, and then that's the commentary. I don't know if that makes any sense, uh, but it is wild. It is just wild. Wild, wild, wild west, yes. Hey, there we go. <laughs> um, Did anything stand out to you on this watch, Ahmad? Uh Yeah, I mean, how terrible this movie is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that really stood out. It's, it's just so bad. Like the, I will say, the first third of the movie is, I think, just like where it was so bad where you almost wanted to turn it off. And then, like, I would say, like, the middle to the end, it was like, okay, this is this is getting better than it was in the beginning. It's still not great. The plot doesn't make sense. Um, but Kevin Klein and the way Kevin Klein and Will Smith played off of each other uh, was what I enjoyed the most. The special effects yeah. were interesting as well. Um, but, yeah, like, I was just like, wow, I am never going to watch this movie again. Like, that's... <laughs> that's- <laughs> Yeah. That I, is a man's head is still very funny to me. I still yes, find his was, delivery that, of that very funny. As that a kid, was, that, was that far, is a joke for an eight-year-old. That is a joke that me as an eight-year-old is like, holy shit, that's funny. That is by far the most successful bit of humor. Even though movie. that makes I, I that makes no the idea that you can just like project from the back of somebody's yeah, head. Like, what did they see, hollow out his head? <laughs> and, and then being like, your eyes, my eyes are not photographs. My eyes don't reflect what I've just seen. Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, um, but like, you know, the the also like the when he says touch my breast and the guy walks by and he's like, I knew it. You knew what? That's not a thing that people do. Like, yeah, I, 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 I don't even think it's a thing mad, in the homosexual community where they're just, oh, I can't wait to just touch his breasts. Like, we, what did they call it that? Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, um, Selma Hayek's have... very cute in this, and she's very good. Uh, her her spunkiness, like I like her panicking and running into the bathroom, and then just like lighting that gas bomb, just pan. Like, the, the, there's there's moments where she she has a lot of fun. Um, but like she has no, she has nothing to do. Bai Ling has nothing to do. She has one scene. There's a lot of butts in this movie for some reason. Um, you you kind of see a di- someone's dick. I mean, if when he stands up from that water, there's something poking out between those legs. It's very quick. But I was like, whoa, hang on. I saw something, and this is PG thirteen. Um, but I just that that like I I honestly the ending is a mess. I I, I think the beginning of it 
is 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 better from like a i can't why is this happening this is a train wreck the ending is boring him fighting metal men is insanely boring yeah i don't and that just kind of like comes out of nowhere yeah I, like he has a when, cool when you're just robot men you're like just this thinking, dude has a spike in his head like what is yeah that? like like when you're just thinking okay i guess uh uh i guess uh arless loveless likes machines so okay he made machine men um you know but like stuff that when i was like you know there are jokes that was like it didn't work like you know will smith with the knife in his boot just wiggling it around there's like the the indiana jones thing where he does like the karate and then yeah. uh will smith just hits him with a shovel like it's just it's all been done before the big spider isn't interesting no i also i also just think kenneth branagh is terrible <laughs> he's breathing his like his like new orleans accent that he's yeah, doing like he's trying something Love again, but it doesn't work it's bad oh my god <laughs> all right let's 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 get out of here what a low what a low way to end this um uh our movies for the day okay uh out of four stars uh out of uh, on my four star rating this gets one and a half i I think I'm just at a one. Okay. Am I? I gave it a one and a half. All right. There we go. Uh, but we do, uh, Ahmad, uh, what was Big Willie style during this time? Uh, <laughs> yes. I love the song Wild West. It's way too long. <laughs> it's way too long. Um, but I really, it's a, it's a good sample. Cisco's great on it. I really like the song. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, so like his first album, uh, before he released Willennium, his second solo album, uh, he released Wild Wild West, um, which was actually, uh, he took the the song from uh, Cool Mo D, who was a rapper at the time, who had his own song called Wild Wild West. Will Smith sampled it to make his own song and then also brought in uh, Drew Hill, famously Cisco from Drew Hill, who made the thong song <laughs> singing on it. Um, that was the lead single for the album. He released Willennium. He brought back many of the producers from his first solo album. Um, he continued to give us a lot of party, upbeat music, but he also got personal with like downbeat songs about love and relationships. He got on the defensive a lot on this album. Um, the gangster rap community was still very much coming at him and calling him soft and like jealous of his success. So he got on the defensive against them and against all of the people who were calling him a sellout at that point. Um, he showed a lot of attitude in this album. Um, and while I don't think this this album is better than Big Willie style, um, there's still a you know a few decent songs. The message was still there. He still flowed great, um, and he remained authentic throughout it all. So Willennium is a it's it's an okay album, but definitely a, a downgrade from. Uh, what you call it from Big Willie style? What's the best track on it? Um, I really like uh the song called "The Rain" with Jill Scott. I believe it's actually the very last song on the album. Um, it's it's impressive that he was able to get Jill Scott um on his album at that point because I think around that time she was I think she was like maybe at the height of early height of her career. So, but yeah, I really mm. like that song. All right, uh. I really like, do you like the song Wild West? 
Uh, I remember liking it a lot when it came out. Now it's like, uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's no Men in Black. <laughs> right, exactly. Not I don't bad. know. That, that, that beat really gets me. It's interesting. So that, the, is, how similar is it to that other song? Because I know the sample is Stevie Wonder, but is the sample Stevie Wonder from the other song? Like, did that song sample the the, the Stevie Wonder I, track? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think the, okay. the Stevie sample was um, Justin Will's version from this yeah. from this iteration. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, so we have our four uh, cumulative awards. The winners of each of these each week will then go into a pool, and then during our willies, we will uh, pick the winner of those categories. So the first one, uh, I make this look good award. The best instance, uh, or just the best Will Smith. I have like little things here. I should read the. Uh, award given to the film or the look. I, 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 in my, I, the nominees I picked was the look, right? The okay. best Will Smith looked in uh, in these films. So uh, what do we got? Let me pull up my list. Uh, Noah, what do you got for the I Make I, This Look Good award? For the I Make This Look Good, I went with the, I just went with the film and I picked Independence Day. But okay. spe- specifically, I think if we're going with a look, I think it's him walking through the desert with like, the top half of his jumpsuit off and he's like dragging the alien. He's got the cigar. Gotcha. Uh, I think that's uh that is, that is just peak. Like, Oh, this, this motherfucker's a movie star. Right. I have uh, a few options here. I have uh Jay putting on the suit, obviously the, 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 the titular, I make this look good instance. Sure. Um, him running down the street in bad boys. But I think my pick, my, and I, it's going to be between him running down the street in bad boys and him with his fancy outfit and long coat in Enemy of the State before he goes on that chase, that like burgundy almost color coat. Um, I thought he looked really good in that moment. That was very cool. Ahmad, what do you have? Huh, okay. So I, I also just, I just like wrote the films uh, where I thought he looked his best. Um, so I picked Bad Boys um, and I also picked Men in Black. Bad Boys because I thought he he looked the best like physically and then Men in Black because the suit was just like so you know, dapper. So those are my two nominations. All right. So then, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I've, I've always felt this, not always, but I guess on this watch, I felt the suit looked kind of cheap, mm-hmm. which is the reason in, I didn't nominate that in men in black. Sure. Yeah. But that, that orange jumper that he's got in the beginning. Though, that oh, jumpsuit. sure. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a bunch of swishy goodness. Um, Cause it swishes. Uh, all right. So then I'm going to go with, uh, well, I, I guess we, <laughs> I guess I took the rule and changed. Do we want to just do the movie or do we want to do like a specific instance where he looked the best? What do we think? I, I think let's go with a, I don't know. I mean, I, I think in this, in this instance, it looks like you guys are both, you guys are both, uh, you guys, you guys both came with men in black with him putting on the suit. So no, I, no, think... I meant the criteria for the award. Do we want yeah, it to I be? Know, the... but it... Oh, okay. Gotcha. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was I was looking at it as film, but I guess either way. Uh, yeah. Well, then my nominee is going to be either Men in Black or Enemy of the State. Because I think him, I really think that when, when he was trying to get that hotel room before he had to get rid of his clothes because the bugs, that, that a whole outfit looked great on him. His hair looked good, his facial hair, that goatee really works for him more than the mustache in Men in Black. I uh, Well, we got uh, we got to come to a... A yeah, winner so for this episode, it. I believe. I, yeah. I I don't like his look in Enemy of the State. Really? Yeah, I like particularly the suspenders. <laughs> like, I think it's a problem. <laughs> uh, and I I also think he spends a lot of that movie at, like walking around in a bathrobe. Mm. 
and I, he's in the back. Oh yeah, he is. Right, 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 right. I d- I do not think Enemy of the State is his uh, is his strongest look. Um, I will then if I, yeah, I actually might bring it up again. Uh, because I have the particular, so I had Bad Boys, the the film under this, but I had the kind of a particular look in another award here. I'm willing to let go of Bad Boys, so I've only got Men in Black up up for nomination. All right, well then I will also second Men in Black. Then if if no one's gonna eliminate it in me the state, I go Men in Black. Yeah, I'm fine going Men in Black here. All right, so then Men in Black takes this. Let me mark that down. Men in Black will now compete in uh, to win this award proper at the end of this with all the other nominees that this award, this category garners. Okay, uh, our next one. Let me go back to my agenda. So many tabs, guys. I don't know what to do. Uh, how come he don't want me award? <laughs> This, of course, uh, after the famous line from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, award given to the most underrated film of Will Smith's career. And judging from, again, I did uh, instances, but I'll just go with the film. Um, judging from what we've said, I, th- I think we're all going to be in agreement here. I agree. That it's and uh, great. <laughs> it's, it's all right, next one. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's, it's got to be enemy, enemy of the State. Yeah, right? I, I think we're all going with Enemy of the State on this. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I had his acting in Enemy of the State and Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black. I don't think gets enough credit for being as good as he is. Um, the next award, don't ever do that again. This award, of course, named after uh, him telling Kevin James about um, Here Comes the Boom, I think, and Hitch uh, is what he said then at that point. Um, this is for award given to a film performance or aspect of Will Smith film. That should not be repeated. What do we have here? The only thing I have written down is the Lucy Goosey racist commentary in Wild West. That's exactly what I have. I said <laughs> every single mention of race or racial reference in Wild Wild West. <laughs> no, right. what did you have? That is uh, that is perfectly fine with me. I didn't expect mine to win. My nominee is uh, wear suspenders and a bathrobe. In fact. <laughs> How, why did that stand out to you so much? I really don't like suspenders. Huh? No, I th- I, I'm fine with suspenders. I thought his suspenders in the movie were very ugly. What uh, were they? What color? What are you talking about? They they were like they were like a weird like dark yellow. I think uh, they just they they did not work. I think the movie was very unflattering to him, both when he was dressed in like his work attire, you and then also when he was running through the street in a dirty bathroom. Right. Two okay, so no, you. I th- yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I think when you're a big, charming, handsome movie star, like play to that. Mm-hmm. I will say to his credit that they did only leave him his ugly suit when they raided his house. <laughs> so. That's true. So. Oh, when 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 he said when he said in the was three years old, I out loud went, "Oh, can you imagine?" Yeah. <laughs> My God. Um, all right, no. So then you have to decide between the uh, ugly dark yellow suspenders or racism. So which one <laughs> yeah, do you think I, shouldn't be repeated? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> that. I, I'll go with the racism. <laughs> okay, great. Noah picks racism. Okay. Um, let me. Uh, okay, so I put uh, Lucy Goosey racist commentary in black. All right, so the next, the last one is the Welcome to Earth Award, named after. 
uh, his victory speech from beating up an alien award given to the Will Smith film that should aliens land on earth and demand proof of his star power, we'd show them. So they come to aliens land. Uh, they're not in like giant Texas sized spaceships, much more manageable than that. They're very friendly. They're, they're kind of like ET, but a little bit bigger and they walk a little quicker, but they're very friendly. And they say, who's, we, who's a big star here. And someone goes, Will Smith. They go, well, we listen, we're only here for like two and a half hours. So you can only show us one film, but we'd like to see an example of his star power. What movie from what we've watched this week are we picking? I think we might all be in agreement on this as well. Uh, I think it's men in black. Yeah, that is also my vote. I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant just because maybe the aliens won't like their portrayal. But that's a really good point. But I think, but that, the only, I think the only other option is Independence Day and the much worse portrayal. Well, it, could, it could be. I, well, I guess again, he's really good in Enemy of the State, but I uh, and he's also not in a lot of uh, Independence Day. I think that Independence Day is a worse choice from the alien perspective because the men no, in black. Because the men in black are fine with aliens. They just, yeah, it's and, the evil most, ones. Many that of the aliens in men in black are nice. Right. Yeah, exactly. uh, I am, I am oh, yeah, willing to, to agree with that, but that is not what I had. Um, I zeroed in a lot more on the like proof of his star power thing. And so I chose uh, Mike Lowry running through the streets with his shirt open in bad boys. Like that ah. particular like scene is well, like, if you show that to some aliens, they're going to be like, Ah, yes, that guy is a sure. star. And <laughs> and I remember that um I think Michael Bay actually made that specific change because originally he was gonna have his shirt closed or something, and then Michael Bay was like, No, open your shirt when you do this yeah. because then people will like this that's really gonna be it. And so I was like, Oh, yeah, it, it actually worked. But I yeah. agree, I agree with Men in Black as well. All right, so these are our finalists. These, again, will be pooled with the other winners of these awards at the end. We'll choose a winner, but the How Come You Don't Want Me Award will go to Enemy of the State. I Make This Look Good Award contender is Men in Black. Don't Ever Do That Again Award contender is the racist commentary in Wild Wild West. And Men in Black, again, uh, is the representative of the Welcome to Earth Award, which seems pretty fitting. Um, All right, so uh, current rankings. We have to rank these performances and films. So let's go with films first. I guess I think that'll be a little easier. I think we're all going I, with uh, do you, what you agree or disagree? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think films is going to be pretty straightforward based on all of our star rankings. Yeah. So in my mind, I think it's Men in Black, Enemy of the State, and then I think it gets fuzzy with with Wild, Wild West at the bottom. Does we all agree on that? Uh, yeah. I had Enemy of the State first, but it was kind of oh, like I had it tied with Men in Black, so it really oh, okay. either or. So I'm I'm fine with Men in Black being first. All right, so we got Men in Black, Enemy of the State, and then Independence Day, Bad Boys. I say Independence Day first, but I guess I could be swayed. I just yeah, think it's a little bit I, of a stronger film. I had Bad Boys and Independence Day um, because Bad Boys was way more entertaining to me than Independence Day. Um, but you know, I could see. I would, yeah, I would. Uh, I would go Independence Day over Bad Boys for the same reason. <laughs> I think I'm also going. Uh, Independence Day over Bad Boys. So I think that our our ranking is Men in Black, Enemy of the State, Independence Day, Bad Boys, and then what's the movie where they go uh, or show where they go? uh, They they don't do these exact ones, but Men in Black, Enemy of the State, Independence Day, Bad Boys, Sixty Feet of Crap, Wild Wild West. Uh, That's in something that exact like Sixty Feet of Crap, and then. I don't, that sound I don't familiar know off the top though? of my head, but I know what all you right. mean. Maybe I'll try to Google it. Um, all right, performances now. So 
I mean, for me, toward the top is Men in Black and uh, Enemy of the State. What about you guys? Yeah, I had Enemy yeah. of the State and Men in Black in that order. Noah? Yeah, those are the top two, and I'm not sure. Uh, I I feel like I would go Men in Black first, just because his strengths are so much in his charisma and charm, and that's more what he gets to do in Men in Black than Enemy of the State, but I I think they're neck and neck for me. <sighs> no, it's from Moneyball. Okay. It's 50 feet of crap. Is uh, Sure. So, okay, stop. The problem we're trying to solve is, is an, there are rich teams, poor teams, 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. That's the line. That's, that sounds right. All right. So, I don't know. This is tough. Um, I think he's very surprisingly good in Enemy of the State, but Men in Black is like his epitome of star power. Uh, I think I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go with Enemy of the State though for right now. All right. That's fine with me. All right, so enemy state. Then we have Men in Black. We know that. Yeah. And then it's it's again. It's going to be probably between uh, Mike Lowry or uh, Hiller. I think is his name in uh, Independence is. Day. And I, I I don't know. I I think he's better in Independence Day. He's just in so much less of it, and he really is good immediately in Bad Boys. What? No. What are you feeling? I I think I would go Bad Boys over Independence Day here, because I think that despite Bad Boys not being good, I think that he like his his uh his chemistry with martin lawrence and just his star power stand out so much that you think like oh there's there's something here yeah uh, so yeah i'd go i'd go bad boys over independence day but again i, th- I do think they're pretty close Amad, what about you yeah i actually had for my bottom three bad boys then wild wild west than independence day um because that's really interesting i might actually agree with you i think but I explain think, why yeah i think will smith's performance while wild wild west is a terrible movie i do think that will smith still gave a solid performance and like independence day is is okay but i just didn't feel like he did enough in that movie to outweigh like a lot of the actual good comedy um we got from him in wild wild west so i put wild wild west his performance in it above independence Day. that's really interesting so we're definitely going with michael lowry third we all agree on that yes noah what do you think about that the wild wild west being better than him in independence day i think uh since you you said you were also possibly inclined to do that i would be okay with it uh i I don't. I don't think. I don't think I would agree. I just. I think he's. He's too. He's too broad and silly in Wild Wild West for my tastes. Uh, Let me see because what I have on my uh, my my Willie's page, because I have these in semi order. Um. I also have Will Smith in supporting actor for Independence Day. Uh. Yeah. yeah, I I after watching Wild Wild West, I did not put him on my list of best actors, even though I only have six right now. So I think I think I would go with uh, Independence Day over uh, Wild Wild West, just from a gut reaction. Ahmad, are you okay with that? Yeah, it works. All right. So then, uh, our current rankings for Will Smith performances, Noah. What are they? I I. We went with Enemy of the State, then Men in Black, Bad Boys, Independence Day, Wild Wild West. Were you not writing those down? Was I supposed to do that? Uh, well, you were writing down the order of the movies, so I thought you were doing that too. But I'll... I didn't. I didn't write down the order of the movies, but I will. I will. I will. I will. 
All right, so let's recap the movie list. We had Men in, well, we had Men in Black, Enemy of the State, uh, Bad Boys, right? Uh, Independence Day, Bad Boys, Wild Wild West is how that shook out. WWW. Okay, and then the performances, we had Enemy, MIB, Bad Boys, uh, Independ- ID4, which is what they called it for some reason, yeah, and then Wild Wild West. Okay. All right, perfect. Uh, so that is our ranking. Before we move on, I mean, I guess I could have box office stuff, but whatever, we'll skip it. No, uh, you know, let's just go to break. Let's go to break. Sure, we'll take a quick break. This episode of Getting Willy Witted is brought to you by Django Unchained. Fun fact: Will Smith was originally courted to star in Django, but he turned it down, and the starring role in the soon-to-be smash film went to Jamie Fox. Fortunately, the critics absolutely loved Jamie Fox. Billy Goody Kuntz of the Arizona Republic, for instance. And yes, that is his name. Uh, Arizona Republic is really striking me as well. That's a very uh, strange name. He wrote, Fox is outstanding as Django and plays a role that he has to play to perfection and makes a point later to say, again, Fox is tremendous. That could have been Will Smith. We here at Django Unchained, we're sure that Will Smith would have been good in Django Unchained, but outstanding? Tremendous? I guess we'll never know. Django Unchained, starring, among others, Jamie Foxx. All right, and we're back. Uh, Come and gone for a theater near you, Noah. Were you prepared for this? Yeah. Great. Let's go back in time. I prepared. you, I don't know if you forgot. Mod, do you remember how this works? He's going to... Well, actually, I don't know how it's going to work. And this isn't even scripted. Well, I don't know how it's going to work. Do we decide no, on it or what are you doing? Yeah, it's it's going to it's gonna work the same. I, uh, I've i decided that I'm going to make these all Will Smith related in some way. Mm. Okay, uh, sure. In this case, for instance, we are going back to 1997. Uh, oh the weekend God. of July 25th. Men in Black uh, dominated the box office for three straight weekends. Uh, it was knocked off on the fourth weekend uh, by a movie that would go on to dominate in its own right. So we're in July, right? Yes, we are. July of 97. Okay, so another movie opened in July. So he, it, was in, it was in theaters for three weekends. And then another movie opened in July. Of 90, this, this would be August 97, right? Or still July? No, this is July. This is the last weekend of July. <sighs> Austin Powers. No. The Spy Who Shagged Me. Fuck. I don't know. I'll need a hint then. Okay. Uh, it's not Titanic. This, this movie will be a contender uh, in an, another upcoming tournament of ours. Uh, it's a, <sighs> a big a big movie. Face off. Vehicle. Face off. No. Fuck. That, that came out the week before. These are all the 97 day. movies I'm thinking. They are. Fuck. This, uh, it's not Bond. Um... Is it a kids movie? It's not a no, kids movie. it's a uh, it's an adult like action thriller. Air Force One. Got it. Yep, there it is. Nailed it. Wolfgang. Um, that opened to thirty. Thirty-seven. Okay, I was a little off. Those those ninety ones are hard though. They are. Yeah, they are. We'll Air get Force One as we go though. further. Have you ever seen time. Air Force One, Ahmad? Nah. It's good. It's real good. It's real good. He, uh, he t- the president has to protect his plane. It's like Die Hard in a plane. Okay. I also wa- I also want to shout out this weekend saw the opening of Good Burger. Oh. oh in, in fifth place in theaters probably opening weekend. This guy. Yep. Saw <clears throat> good Burger. Seven million dollars. It starts with Kel on uh, roller skates. 
That's how he gets that, to work. And he causes right. mayhem. Um, all right. Uh, because this is emerging a podcast, uh, Namad doesn't get a chance to do all the segments. Do you, uh, do you have a song of the week? Yeah. Great. Let's do it. What is the song of the week? Take it away. All right. The song of the week for this week, um, in honor of me uh, most recently sending out the ballots for the fifth annual Thinking Outside the Boombox Awards uh, last week. Uh, this is one of the nominees for one of the categories. It is called All Praise is Due to Allah or A-P-I-D-T-A by Jay Electronica. Um, it's from his album, A Written Testimony, which came out last year. It features Jay-Z. Um, it's a very emotional song um, of Jay Electronica kind of rapping about losing his mother and Jay-Z kind of, he's on the hook. Um, it's It's got a really like, like smooth and kind of like soulful beat. Um, and Jay Electronica gives like a really, really good verse in such a short song. So that is the song of the week for this week. Great. I still can't um, believe he has an album out. I, yeah. It's, it's really hard to believe. <laughs> I, all, all I knew about Jay Electronica, my entire uh, hip hop following life is that this guy was like a big fucking deal. He was going to be the next big thing. And every year he's like, the album's next week. And then it just never comes out. Yep. For 13 years. <laughs> yeah. Him and Jay-Z, I know they collaborate on the album, but they should put an album out with about full of like sad song, deep songs and call it Blue Jays. <laughs> I like that's, that. That's my uh, <laughs> contribution to that segment. <laughs> um, all right, Noah, uh, plug us up. All right, you can come find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at WitBoxOffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I'm at Brian DeSerber, D. Ugh. It's been a few weeks. D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. It's been a few weeks. I'm just spelling my name. <laughs> so I, to be honest, it's been a few weeks since I spelled my name. So Sure. Uh, and of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Still love to say that. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. Uh, come join us on this romp through Will Smith's career. Uh, you're going to enjoy it just as much as we are. Yes. Ahmad, tell everybody about your podcast, what you've got coming up too. Yes. Uh, Thinking Outside the Boombox, a hip hop and R&B podcast. Um, this is going to be on the feed for the next six weeks. Um, and then I will have my own tournament uh, following this series uh, where I will look to determine with my wife, the best R&B album of the past decade. Um, yeah. So you can find Thinking Outside the Boombox on all streaming platforms, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at TOTB, the podcast. I am on Twitter and Instagram at goodkidshycity, C-H-I, like Chicago. And yeah. All right. Uh, next week, uh, we the, the millennium begins. We're starting in the year 2000. We're going to be watching... Uh, five movies, The Legend of Bagger Vance, Ali, Men in Black 2, Bad Boys 2, and I, Robots. We're going to get into the period where he had like an eight-year period where he was crushing it. Um, that's going to start next week, plus his first Oscar nomination. We'll talk about all that more uh, next week. Are we saying this in unison, or should we just uh, should I just say it for this one? Because we did not discuss it. <laughs> well, let's do it in unison. Okay, great. Um, thank you. <laughs> Ma doesn't I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> <By his> camera. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 what they say in Bad Boys. Oh, but with the, gotcha. with, with, yeah. but with the difference at the end. Um, that is it for uh, getting Willie with it. The collaboration between What's in the Box Office and Thinking Outside the Boombox. I have been your host, Brian. 
I've been your host, Noah. And that was Ahmad as well. Uh, well. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. And until then, we ride we together. We ride together. We socially distance, social distance together. Will Smith, Will Smith for, life. Life. for life. I forgot it in the middle, and that was a problem. <laughs> we'll be better next week. We'll see you then. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.